0: Hi, welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of The OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Bloxham. Together, we are The
1: OmniFit. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. Today we are starting episode number 35, which is super exciting. And today we're going to be talking collectively about how to help you guys move from a more structured way of eating like macro counting or even things like weight watchers or zone diets into more of this intentional or what we like to call an intuitive approach to eating. So today we're going to be, we're going to be breaking this into two parts to make it easily digestible. And I mean, we're just going to be giving you guys kind of some takeaway points that we've broken down to, if you're interested in a more intentional style of eating and not macro counting or not measuring your food. I expect this to be a really, a really great episode that you might even want to take notes for.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that this is a really great topic for all of you guys and especially with this day and age where macro counting um it seems just something so popular with with all the all the fads or the diets and the and those things and things switching back to our original intuitive style approach of eating.
0: Yeah, it seems like these days, um, you know, everybody has a plan and, you know, follow my plan and and this way and that way. And, And some of those plans can be very, very valuable because they help us determine the value of food and the impact of that food on our bodies. And depending on what the goals are, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. But when we bring it back home to the natural functions of hunger and even the emotional functions, sometimes of desire and all the things that at play, how do we manage eating systems or habits around, um, you know, the, the choices that are available to us? I kind of think about, you know, like my grandmother, who's 94, nobody told her how to eat you know a hundred almost a hundred years ago, nobody told her how to mm-hmm. eat really um but she's really maintained a relatively healthy body weight all of her life and so like what that's very intriguing to me mm-hmm. so there's there's value in knowing food and that, but there're also we can also get totally in bondage to certain systems and like how do we come back to that intuitive approach from perhaps being involved in a successful way of eating or or like that. So
1: yeah, I like how you said that about a successful way of eating. You know, one of the things that we want to highlight is that there is massive value to these different systems. And for the sake of conversation, um, we're going to be talking a lot about macro counting specifically, as we refer in any of these systems, whether you might know it or not are foundational upon the macronutrients. So protein, carbs, and fats. And different levels of different systems might refer to them straight as protein, carbs, or fats, or they might be referenced by points or referenced by colors or things like that. But for the sake of conversation today, we'll be talking about macros specifically. And there's massive value in understanding which foods are made up of what types of macronutrients. I would say that when I kind of first started, you know, quote unquote, counting macros, that was one of the biggest empowering things, I would say, that allowed me to look at food differently. It actually gave me the authority to make better decisions when I didn't have a food label to tell me because I was able to recognize food. What do you guys think about that in terms of having value behind um, a system like if it fits your macros?
2: I think that one of the biggest takeaways, and like you said, just learning points that you can go from with learning such a foundational principle it really helps you to think differently about your food and not just not saying that you know going on these diets like the zone diets adkins things like that that might just be easy for somebody to you know not hone down and get to weigh every little thing and we'll get into more of that later with what is best for you but as far as actually taking the time to learn what that food is how it's making you feel helps you to not have that unhealthy relationship with food as well. um, or look at food a certain way and just be knowledgeable instead of judgmental towards what you're eating.
0: I think that's super important. Like the whole idea of looking at food differently. I remember before I ever started counting macros, like I never thought about, Oh, is this a protein? Is this a carb or is this a fat? I just ate what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. um, if that looked good and I wanted it, I ate it. And, you know, I, of course, what I learned through counting macros is that some of the things that I had chosen in the past were not really serving my body well, maybe for energy or if, if I, you know, wanted to change body composition or whatever it was. I didn't really understand the dynamic of how food worked. Either for or against my goals, or the, you know, a body image, or whatever it was I was trying to accomplish, and so what that created was a lot of frustration. And then, and then what what beginning to have that knowledge did was open up. It's like, oh, I ne- I never thought about how important protein is. It's a building block in my body. Oh, carbs are for energy. Fats are a different energy source. And how these things all work together to really accomplish not only energy balance, which is what we kind of hope to kind of get to a place where you can maintain weight, but how those things can be manipulated to either increase muscle or reduce fat. And so it was really like this wide open, just a whole nother world that I think a good part of the population doesn't understand Um, Because maybe they go in with a goal, like I want to lose 20 or 30 pounds, right? And so they figure that if they can follow something religiously, and that gets them there, but in the process, it didn't create any true understanding of what was happening, uh, you know, physically for them, other than just losing weight, they really haven't gained anything in the process knowledge wise about how to take that and, and move that into the future. And I think that's why when people go into maintenance phase, other than habit, if they haven't made direct habit change or increased knowledge, it's so easy to fall back into the way that you've eaten all your life before you started a Mm -hmm. certain program.
2: I love that. I almost tend to start to think of, you know, even Jody, as you were saying that with our own behavior in our relationships, in our perspectives in life, if we're not actively trying to change a behavior or a knowledge of something in the process, it's going to keep happening. And the same thing goes for learning what you're, what you're eating and how you're feeling from it and making those new choices that are going to work towards bettering yourself.
0: Right. So I think micro count, macro counting does allow you to have an education around the nutritional value and the components of food that are then the building blocks for um, your habits and your goals. And then, you know, how does that best serve you? In your body, everybody's a little bit different. So,
1: right now, that's really great, and it's also great in terms of learning how portion sizes can vary with different foods. Another really great, like eye-opening experience was looking at, you know, potatoes—a serving of potatoes versus maybe a serving of rice—and how I could have the same nutrient content in terms of macro content from carbohydrate perspective as you know, between potatoes and rice, but my rice portion was a lot smaller. It was really dense and compacted versus the potatoes were a different type of source. But if I were maybe, let's say hungrier at this particular meal, I knew then that I could choose the potato and I would get the same energy wise. So if I were trying to lose body fat, but I would get fiber and I would get a little bit more nutrients coming from the potato plus a little bit more volume and I would stay fuller longer. And those are things that I just wouldn't have learned from choosing just off of a grocery list because I could choose you know, um, mm-hmm. a slice of bread or this or that. You might know in your mind, oh, well, I'm going to choose a potato because I feel fuller, but I wouldn't know why I was feeling fuller. Mm-hmm. And so kind of keep that in mind as you're maybe thinking through the different eating styles that you've participated in. One of the things that we want you guys to to know is start to catalog the different things that you've learned along the way and pick up things as you're kind of listening to this list and go, Oh yeah, I did know that. I maybe just didn't have a name for that because there's a really a lot of power in taking our past experience and applying that to what you want to achieve later. And we like to refer to that as like tools in a toolbox that, I mean, macro counting is just one tool. And the more that you can know about that tool, you're going to know when to access it and use it appropriately. Mm -hmm. I think that like tool, uh, like
0: food is a tool as well. It is. Depending on what you want to accomplish and that like different food sources are tools, other tools in your toolbox as well. Just like Mm -hmm. you said, the potato versus the rice. Or I, I remember when I was in a cutting phase, and that that decision between like the toast or the oatmeal at breakfast. And I just knew that if I had that oatmeal, like you said, it was like, you know, I was I was fuller an hour and a half to two hours longer. Mm -hmm. And I had more sustained energy than the toast. And so for me, that didn't work. Now, that might not be the case with with other people. Same thing like about protein. Like I had no idea. I never really thought about how much fat was in a particular protein source, how lean it was or whatever. I just bought whatever I bought. Maybe it was the cheapest thing. And, and so it's like, I really, you know, I started to learn and get a little bit more conscientious about, about that, that sort of thing, neither are good or bad. It just depends on what the goals are. And when you expand your knowledge in that way, it helps you be able to make those choices about portion sizes
1: too. Right. Right. I like how Taylor mentioned that about being just non-judgmental, right? When we first started this podcast about just, okay, I'm learning about this, which is, which is really good. And how different when you eat different foods at different times of the day, how that makes you feel. Some people don't like having a bowl of oatmeal first thing in the morning because they're getting tired before lunch. And What is that? Could it be something that you could, you know, add a little bit of fat to that carbohydrate, obviously add some protein to that, slow the digestion a little bit, you know, what is it? These are all things that we kind of want you thinking about as you're transitioning from how would I move from this more structured way of eating where whatever dieting approach that you're following might be instructing you to tell you what to eat versus tapping into that intuition and saying, you know, what is this? Can I be intentional about choosing a particular kind of food because I've recognized how it makes me feel afterwards? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And something that is so powerful that I just thought of as well is, you know, how frustrated some people can get when, you know, how easy is it to throw in the towel when you are trying to eat better and you choose that oatmeal in the morning um, and then that's all you're having, but you're feeling terrible and it's just like, well, okay, I'm done. No more. And so it's just slowing down that process really really digging into the knowledge that's actually pretty empowering when you do get to know you know protein is the building block protein helps to repair and recover and to satiate and so just learning more about certain certain macronutrients and then also how they're serving you can help so so much in the long run just slowing down that process and you know ultimately reaching your goals in the long term Mm-hmm. I think about that too. I always, I just kind of go back
0: to it when I think about my cutting phase and, and going, okay, so I know that I can, you know, I have this much carbohydrate or whatever, but that I could add a huge salad with that and still meet the same goal, but be fuller longer. And like how much more satisfying that was where sometimes before I started macro counting, vegetables were an afterthought. You know, they might not have always been something that I just made sure I had at every meal, but it was something that I realized just made me feel so much better and so much fuller and I was happier. And of course, all the micronutrients, you know, involved there, which are super important too. I think the one thing I come back to time and time again, even about that knowledge is about, I know that I was a chronic under eater when I first started counting macros and to think about you know, pushing food at a higher level. And how I needed to do that, it was really thinking about nutrient timing. And when I needed to have meals, I need to have meals more regularly, and recognizing how that how that made my body feel, instead of going six or eight hours without eating a meal, and then eating a whole big meal and feeling like, wow, you know, type of thing. Break how breaking that up changed my energy levels and and that sort of thing too. So it's an experiment. Each into each of us individually has the opportunity to experiment with how these things make our body feel and how what are our energy levels.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really really good point. So kind of a, a third point in if you're if you're interested in moving from this you know macro counting or more structured way of eating into more of an intentional or an intuitive style of eating, is starting to pay attention while you are still following that structure about what those portions look like what those measurements look like so that you can get an eyeball some diagrams that we often share with our community and that you can actually find on our website right at the top of our website is some portion control methods by using your hands you know noticing that a protein portion control is like the size of the palm of your hand if you look at the food that you're weighing or measuring Notice how, how big it is. What does that portion look like? So that when the next time you have give yourself an opportunity to maybe be a little bit more intuitive, choosing that and paying attention as you're eating it, at what point am I getting full? How am I feeling? How's this making me feel? So that portioning versus measuring, it's still just, you know, another type of portion control strategy. You're not just eating with abandon, you know, just shoving your face and not being intentional with what you're thinking about. And that's, you know, that's something that's going to, that you're always going to have to be kind of tick tocking, I guess, like back and forth. Mm -hmm. Something I've mentioned on several podcasts is many, like a bad habit I can get into is eating while I'm working and I'm not paying attention, which can lead to two things. Either I'm not eating enough. And so I think that I'm full because I've been eating so slow that I haven't been really considering the biofeedback my body's giving me. Or I'm scarfing it down, trying to hurry, not paying attention to how my body's responding. And so stepping away and giving yourself that opportunity to actually enjoy what you're eating and thinking about it will really help you with the portion control. If that's something that you know might make you a little bit nervous, that's something that a lot of people have told me when we're discussing moving more intuitive is, well, how am I going to know if I eat enough or if I eat too much? What do you guys think about that? I think it's just getting
0: your hunger.
1: So when you are on
0: a structured plan, and you, you know, you're eating whatever has been prescribed, that you're, you're not just eating it, but that you're sitting there and you're having some type of awareness about what is occurring with your hunger, the level of your hunger as you're eating it. Now we know scientifically that it generally takes anywhere from probably 18 to 20 minutes to 25 minutes before your brain actually registers, um, you know, a fullness factor or satiety. So like you said, what speed are you ingesting the food? Is it super slow? Is it super fast? Is it comfortable? What are you doing while you're ingesting the food? And, you know, when you can pull away, um, pull away from the desk or, If you're with people, maybe you just, you get excited when you're with people and you tend to eat faster, maybe, maybe be conscious of that before you go into the event or sit down to have the meal, but it's all in self and examination of your habits. And sometimes that's super hard because like just to identify that. And then it's like, okay, now I notice I'm doing this. What do I, what do I need to do to change it? Obviously is, is the next step. So
2: Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, the biggest thing is, is taking that time to um, learn the portion of it, the portion science, but also taking it. I think that a lot of times we can go back and forth of, you know, should you had mentioned something earlier, should we keep measuring, keeping, you know, the scales, keeping those things, they have a large purpose there. But at the same time, we have to make sure that there's wiggle room enough to be learning you know, how does this, this measuring option make me feel? Do I have time for it? Is it doing something for me? And then also just seeing how you feel off of certain portions, you know, and really taking that time to slow down. Was that whole potato necessary? Did I feel good off of that? Or could I do maybe with half of it?
1: It is an experimentation process for sure. It is. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, guys, when you're listening to this, that's kind of our takeaway with a lot of things is that whether or not, you know, macro counting is going to be what's best for your goal or whether it's going to be more of an intentional, intuitive way of eating. It really just depends on where you've been and where you want to go and being able to say, should I be portioning this? Should I be measuring this? The same goes for weighing on a scale, like a body weight scale. Talked other times about how that's a fantastic tool, but just like all these other tools, it's knowledge. And are you using that knowledge to empower you or is something about that holding you captive, which we found if it's, if these, if there's certain aspects of these tools that are holding you captive, that's going to be deep rooted in your emotional state. And so we'll go into that in another podcast, but just kind of keep that in your mind. If you're feeling a little bit of resistance towards some of these topics, that that usually means that there's usually something kind of holding you captive in that area. And that's okay. That's okay.
0: I think you know when you think about moving from a system to more of an intuitive approach, it really comes down to making a choice. It's that maybe this system it served you well, but now you're at a stage or a point in the process that it's becoming burdensome or it's becoming very very restrictive and it's just not working for your lifestyle. And so the idea is that you make a conscious choice rather than a a choice of just like total abandonment that will cause you to just really kind of revert to older habits that weren't serving you well. So it's like asking the question of yourself and making the choice: Is this working for me? What needs to change? And you know, what tools do I have now to go ahead and and begin practicing something a little bit different and a change? And then noticing and being aware of where are things that hang you up what what new tools do you need to understand or bring into the toolbox to help you overcome the places that you get often get stuck or that you've been stuck in the past or you may be noticing uh oh that's kind of starting I'm starting to do that again so it's it's really trying to get intentional and asking yourself questions and getting getting in touch with you know being real about what's going on rather than just total abandonment and you know, go back to the the old ways because that's always going to be an easy thing, and that's where our minds are going to take us.
1: Mm-hmm, so those mm-hmm. are can
0: be those embedded pathways that just don't yeah. you know, that are
1: don't get easily broken. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, don't be don't feel badly about yourself if, as you're beginning to introduce these concepts, it feels you know really uncomfortable. And a lot of times, what Jody was saying, it's during that uncomfortable process that we might tend to default to those old behaviors. And so if you need, which this is this is exactly the reason why it might be a better idea to be working with a coach that can help you, you know, in this process and help guide your feedback so that you're looking for the right things, Um, or just re-listening to this podcast and taking notes and saying, oh, you know, I might be experiencing this, because there's not really strict timelines. How quickly could someone move from one to the other? It's usually not a, you know, flip a light switch throw out all of your measuring tools and your, you know, delete your macro counting apps. And now you're intuitive. It really is. In, intuition is a skill that has right. to be developed. Mm-hmm. So it's a skill that has to be practiced. Now, another thing that can be really, really helpful in this process is incorporating variety. If you sometimes in certain type of dieting systems, we can get kind of stuck in you know the same 10 foods or the same meals. And so as you begin to kind of incorporate variety that might be challenging to a certain type of system, macro counting specifically, we're approaching fall at the time of recording of this episode. and um, things like chilies and casseroles can be challenging to appropriately macro count. And so as you take the knowledge that you know about the system of macro counting and what goes into those items, as you start to incorporate different types of variety, pay attention to how you're feeling, how that energy makes you feel. Um, how satisfying is that meal? How quickly do you become hungry as you begin to kind of give yourself that opportunity to be a little bit more intuitive?
0: Yeah. Variety is so huge. It's it's huge nutritionally. First of all, like our body needs variety. Yeah. And I know that a lot of ladies will struggle with feeling like when they move, start moving to a more intuitive approach that they've gone off the chains. When in fact, what they really need is perspective brought into the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe it didn't look like, you know, everything was in its place, but a bowl of chili it has protein. It has carbs. It has fiber. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, fat in it, depending on what the ingredients are. It has all of those things that may be a totally adequate meal, even though it doesn't look like I've got a fist of protein, I've got you know, my mm-hmm. half cup of rice, I've got whatever type of thing, just because visually it just doesn't look the same, we can automatically equate to, oh my gosh, I've, in fact, I had a client say this the other day, I've been really bad because I've, I've not done this. I'm like, wait, let's peel that back and go, what was really in what you ate? And then they realize like, It wasn't as it wasn't bad. And so that's, again, like way back to what Taylor said at the beginning of the podcast is pulling that judgment out and just standing outside of it and getting a different perspective and knowing what those food portions are or what are not just portions, but macronutrients are can give you that
1: different perspective and allow that variety to come in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And as you draw those conclusions, a simple thing could be, I know I'm, I love soups and I love, you know, different types of bisques and things like that. And sometimes they can be a little bit lower on the protein scale. And so I just know that if I eat that, I'm probably going to be hungry. So I can have a side of, you know, my grilled chicken or I can, you know, whatever it is, once you have the knowledge, you're able to use the tool. That's the point.
2: That's exactly yeah.
1: So we are going to break this up into two parts for the sake of time. So in part two, we'll be going into a little bit more details about practicing this, incorporating free meals and learning to trust yourself. So if this is something that interests you, we are happy to see you in the next episode. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining in to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out via email at info at And of course, please connect with us on social media. All of our handles, our Instagram and Facebook are both at theomnifit. And if you like this kind of content, if you like what we're putting out, please rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps other people find us, and it lets us know that we're putting out content that you enjoy. All right, talk to you guys soon.